welcome to An Encouraged Heart. Thank you for joining me for Bible study. We are currently studying Being a Disciple, Counting the Real Cost. If you have not had a chance to purchase the Bible study, please go online to Preset Ministries. Also, if you are new to my podcast or YouTube channel, I encourage you to listen to some or all of the episodes. Today we will read scriptures from Luke chapter 9. Um, As always, let's begin with a quick word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to study your word. I ask that your spirit continues to move in the lives of all who are and will listen to this Bible study. Lord, help us to put all distractions aside and focus 100% on your word. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your workbooks, please turn to page 59. Otherwise, please again open your Bibles and we'll be looking at Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. Um, Before we do that, um, let's go ahead and go to the introduction. And this is in week six. We're in week six starting today. And um, again, please turn to page 59 if you have the workbooks. The introduction reads as follows. How faithful were the apostles to Jesus' commission to make disciples? Judas, as we've already seen, chose not to continue to abide in Jesus. The others, however, never turned back. Ten of the remaining eleven, all except John, who lived to old age, were put to death for the furtherance of the gospel. Tradition says that John was tortured by being placed in a cauldron of hot oil, then he was exiled to the barren isle of Patmos in the Aegean Sea. Paul, who was saved after Jesus revealed himself to him on the road to Damascus, also became an apostle and was personally taught the truth by the resurrected Jesus. According to tradition, Paul, too, was martyred, beheaded by Rome. But before these men died, they made disciples. So the work of the gospel was carried on. And that work has been carried on from generation to generation, reaching even you. This week, we want to learn some principles of discipleship that can help us in the task God has called us to do. In the observation section, it says here, Again, that we're going to a passage in Luke, and we're going to see what Jesus said to his to those who wanted to follow him. Okay, we're going to do markings again. Markings help us to focus on keywords and phrases that will help us to um, observe and certainly interpret the, the scripture. So we're going to mark the word follow, as we've done with the word disciple, and we simply do that by drawing an arrow underneath the word follow. And we're going to circle every reference to the kingdom of God. Okay? So turning over to page 60, this is where we find the passage again, Luke 9, verses 57 through 62. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Please mark follow. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes. And the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. 
verse 59. And he said to another, follow me. So underlined, of course, with an arrow, the word follow. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. Verse 60. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. So circle kingdom of God. Verse 61. Another also said, I will follow you. Mark follow. Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. The last verse. But Jesus said to him, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Encircle kingdom of God. Okay, and as always, I'm going to reread the passage without interruption. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, Jesus said to um, the man, Allow the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, Go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Okay, in the discussion section, it says, Obviously, the Lord had important principles embodied for us in the telling and preserving of these three occasions. Discuss them incident by incident. So the first question in verses 57 through 58, what's the warning or reality about following Jesus? Um, Well, the first incident, which is found in, of course, these two verses, 57 and 58, here Jesus is speaking to someone who offers to follow him wherever he went. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to ultimately um, to be crucified on the cross. Um, And I found that if you go back to verse 51, and 51 actually says, Now when the time was approaching for him to be taken up to heaven, he was determined to go to Jerusalem to fulfill his purpose. Okay, Um, here Jesus, of course, said that foxes and birds have places to live, however, Um, He has nowhere to lay his head. He is warning this man that it would be a difficult life, that it is not going to be comfortable um, always for those who choose to follow him. Um, What a person may be accustomed to um, may not be available. Also, it is worth noting that in verses 52 through 56, Um, If you have a chance to read those, um, we find that Jesus sends messengers to find a place um, for him to stay as he's traveling on his way to Jerusalem. Um, So the messengers go to a Samaritan village for him and for those traveling with him to find a place to stay. However, they were not welcome there. Um, And scholars attribute this to a long history of strife between the Jewish people and the Samaritans.
The next question, what happens in the second incident in verses 59 through 60? Um, in the second incident, this man expresses his desire to follow Jesus. Um, he's willing to follow Jesus, but wanted to go home and bury his father first. Um, some scholars actually believe that his father had not yet died, but he was returning to receive and wait wait on his inheritance. Either way, his priority was to return home and take care of family affairs before following Jesus. Um, Jesus' answer uh, makes it clear that um, this request um, would have involved um, putting tradition or this man's um, desires ahead of serving Jesus. Okay, moving on to question three. Actually, I combine three and four because they're very much related. Three says, is there a sense of timing or urgency here? And also question four, what was the person to do? Um, in verse 60, um, Jesus states the urgency that um, the man is to go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Okay. The next question, which is five, do you see any parallels here with what you studied of Jesus's commissioning the 11 and Matthew 28? Here, um, Jesus, of course, uses the word go. Um, and he also used the word go, referring to his disciples. Um, they were instructed, of course, to make disciples. So again, we see here that same call to action. Um, Jesus instructs the man to go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Question six. And the third incident, verses 61 through 62, what do you learn about looking back instead of moving forward? What do you think it means to look back after putting your hand on the plow? Um, Jesus is saying not to allow any other relationships to take priority over our relationship with him. Um, in regard to verse 62, um, I did review several commentaries um, as it pertains to that scripture. And let me read that for you. But Jesus said to him, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Um, so two of the commentaries I'd like to share. Um, one um, point was a person who looks back, who focuses on anything or anyone other than Jesus, renders himself useless to the kingdom. This is the danger of not counting the cost of commitment. Also, another um, commentary put it this way. Um, once you put your hand to the plow of following Jesus, if you look back, you will um, live a life that's crooked and tentative. Um, plowing requires a single-minded focus, and so does following Jesus. Okay. Um, the next question, do you see any parallels here? with what Jesus said to the multitudes about those who would follow him as disciples. Any relationship to loving Jesus more than father, mother, brother, sister, children, and your own life. Well, um, in week two, we studied Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 27. 
And if you have your workbooks that's found on page 17 and 18, let me read that um, for you quickly. Um, again, Luke 14, verses 25 through 27, it says, Now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Here Jesus is not literally, excuse me, literally saying to hate your own family member. Um, he is basically um, speaking about his relationship that that should be the priority. Um, there is a comment that I also read on page 18 that help explains um, that term hate. And it says here, could it be that hate here is being used as hyperbole, deliberate exaggeration for effect or emphasis, that our love for others should be like hatred in comparison to our love for Jesus Christ? So again, he is not saying literally that we hate our family members, but he's saying that um, the emphasis, our heart's desire is to love the Lord. That is our first relationship. Okay. So going back to our current passage, um, again, let's um, close by looking at the last question, which says here, do any of these incidents speak to you in any way, anything you can learn, anything that touches a sensitive chord in you? Well, I think this passage um, that we went through today is a reminder to each one of us, certainly to me, that um, I certainly have to on a continual basis, examine my heart, um, asking the Lord to show me, to help me where I fall short um, because um, it's imperative as a disciple that the Lord, he remains my foremost priority in my life. Okay. Well, I hope today's lesson was a blessing to you. It certainly has been very challenging. I encourage you to take a moment and share this lesson with a friend. Take care, and I look forward to you joining me next time. God bless.